body of phantoms and monsters. They exist among us, and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Hey folks, good evening and welcome to Phantoms and Monsters Personal Reports, where I narrate and discuss some of the cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to Phantoms and Monsters and the Phantoms and Monsters 14 research team. So thanks for joining me. Um, the channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe and like buttons and by sharing our programming. Super chat and super thanks donations are always appreciated. You can uh, click the dollar icon located below the chat box and the buy me a coffee link and banner are also shown below. So thanks again for your consideration. Now, if you're in the chat and you have a question, please use all caps so I find it. And uh, I'll try to get to each and every one after my presentation. Uh, I'll let you know when the last post or the last uh, accounts being read so you can get your questions ready. So tonight, for many decades, I have found that long haul truck driver experiences to be the most compelling and most honest reports that I've heard or read. So uh, just sit back, listen, and uh, listen to a few of the harrowing and unforgettable incidents, and then imagine how you would react if it happened to you. So, this first account is in Michigan, Reed City, Michigan. My uncle had an encounter in the, in the summer several years back. The only reason I believe him is because his whole life, he always been super serious, no BS kind of guy. And when he told the story, he sounded genuinely upset about it. He's a long haul truck driver and was stopped on the side of the highway in a heavily wooded area. This was somewhere several miles in the middle of nowhere, but he said it was closest to Reed City, Michigan. I can't recall what he said he was doing, but he had to fix something before he could go again. So also he he didn't have a trailer on at the time. Now, he had just gotten done fixing up his stuff and was about to climb into his vehicle when he saw a deer come towards him from the tree line. He said it looked like it might have been running from something, but he assumed it, it might have been a bear. He was just getting ready to leave when he suddenly saw something looking at him through the passenger side window. He described it as having jet black fur and bright yellow eyes, as well as a vicious looking and snarling teeth. It was so close to him that he could see its fur blowing with the slight breeze that was coming through. The window was open, but he didn't seem to notice as was evident when the creature put its paw up to the window as if to press it against the window, but pulled it back in shock when it realized his paw entered the vehicle. 
Now, my uncle typically carried a gun with him, and at this time, he had a heavy revolver. He pointed it at the dog man and pulled the trigger, effectively shooting it directly in the face. Finally, the truck started moving fast enough for him to be confident the thing wasn't following him, should have survived the shot. He didn't bother waiting around to find out. He said he still gets disturbed when he thinks back to that event. He described it as giving off this aura of pure evil and ill intent in only a few seconds that he faced it. He has nightmares about this creature to this day, and he refused to tell anyone about it until several years ago after it happened for the fear of people thinking that he lost his mind. Uh, and another reason for him to buy his story is he was never really interested in the occult, supernatural, and paranormal. So um, I believe him. So this uh, this next account is where truck drivers experience unknown entities, strange lace, and lost time near Fortuna, Arizona. A pair of long-haul drivers are stopped near Fortuna, Arizona by several individuals dressed in unrecognizable gear. Then a distant light races toward the cab. There were one and a half hours of missing time. So the witness states, I'm a long-haul driver and was traveling east on Interstate 8, just east of Fortuna, Arizona. This occurred in mid-June 2017. Having checked the clock, it was 3.45 a.m. when I alerted my partner to the presence of three or four individuals standing in the middle of the traffic lane. After giving the, sounding the truck horn, I began to slow our rig. Given the fact that the area is well known for human trafficking and smuggling and is dangerous to travel, I wondered if perhaps we should just keep going. But when it came apparent that at least three of the individuals were wearing some kind of uniform, I decided to stop along the right shoulder. Nevertheless, my second driver emerged from the sleeper with a shotgun that we carry. Both of us agreed that neither of us was going to step from the cab and we kept the engine idling. Three individuals walked slowly toward me, toward the driver's side of the cab. At about 15 feet, I could tell that all three of them were suited, if you would, in some sort of gear. I wondered if they were Marines from the nearby Marine Corps Air Station or something, or a crash, or maybe they were there to ask for help. As I lowered the driver's window, the shortest of the three bundled in heavy white gear with what looked like white armor around the chest and a partial face plate that emerged from below the chin. He said to me in perfect English, not to worry, we have a minor situation. He motioned with his left arm towards the distance off the highway. It was strange because neither my partner or I saw anything as we approached the group, but sure enough, something was putting out an intense red flame, maybe 50 feet off the right shoulder from where we were parked. Before I could say anything, a triangle-shaped wedge of landscape to our right with the flames at the base of the triangle rose and sliced through the truck cab. For lack of a better description, I felt like I was looking at some kind of image as it came through the cab. I mean, the individual who spoke to me appeared first on the left side of me and then appeared on the right side 
the raised side than on both sides, which appeared raised. My throat was so dry, my stomach was in knots. Honestly, I felt like I was going to throw up. I figured we had it. These three individuals, two in white, wearing helmets, and one who appeared burnt or blackened, and without a helmet appeared in the image to our right. As they, were make, as they made their way around the chunks of rock walking towards our cab. There was a lot of communication like radio between them and between somebody. The one who had spoken to me after I had lowered the window now sounded metallic. So I turned once again towards the voice to my left again towards the open window and he or it wasn't there. I turned toward my partner in the right front seat who was still cradling the shotgun, but nothing. I mean, it was black. It was perfectly silent. There were no flames off to the right in the distance. Our clock showed 5.15 a.m. And only, and only an entire encounter felt like it lasted 15 minutes or so, but we had all that lost time. I don't know what to claim. I stopped assisting several entities that appeared to be projected from somewhere. And I still feel nauseous about it. So this next account comes from a Texas trucker who encounters a huge Bigfoot eating roadkill. Years ago, in the late 90s, I was on my way from the house, which is in the Texas Hill Country, heading to, Delor heading to Laredo to pick up a load. It was early morning, around 4 or 5. I had just come off a string of days at home, so I knew I wasn't tired. I am on one of those two-lane winding roads in the absolute middle of nowhere when I see something on the side of the road at the edge of the high beams. At first, I just thought it was roadkill, as it usually the case. Now, as I got closer, I see that it is roadkill, and there's something or someone crouching over the deer carcass. Remember thinking either this guy's taking the antlers as a trophy or he's just sick. As I got closer still, I can now see that the guy was eating the deer. He's pulling chunks of meat from the stomach and bringing them up to his face. And at this point, he stops in mid-motion and looks up at me. Not in my truck, but at me. It stands up, and that's when I see it's huge, brown, and covered in hair. I remember thinking at that point, what the hell? This thing is standing on the tiny shoulder looking at me. By this point, maybe five seconds have passed and I'm about to the point in the road where he's standing at. I didn't even think of stopping. In fact, I'm starting to lay on it and get the hell out of there. As I'm passing, it's looking at me, not again at the truck. It's looking through the driver's side windshield at me he obviously had, the, obviously had the intelligence to know where the driver is here and knows where I'm sitting. Now, as I start to pass him, I can still see its head above the hood of the old needle nose Pete, which was an old truck design where the hood goes straight out from the windshield, known for being tall and difficult to see around. This thing is a giant. I remember seeing what looked like human intelligence in its eyes and it scared the hell out of me. So here I got another one from rural Arkansas. I had something happen to me when I was on an over the road, as an over the road truck driver in very rural Arkansas. 
I was a trainer and about two o'clock in the morning, my student woke up and came through the curtain and sat on the other seat. I said, what are you doing up? And he said, just suddenly, I just couldn't sleep. And right about then I looked up and it was a very, it was very rural and there were no cars parked along the road, no houses, just forest. And somebody standing on the white line on the freeway, you know, on the side of the road. I clicked the cruise control off and I slowed down. I started to move over into the left lane and there was a guy in a black suit. He was just standing there, stock still looking out onto the freeway. It was strange. I've tried over the years to rationalize what it was, but I haven't been able to. There was just nothing around out there, nothing. But the strange part was I was kind of freaked out and kind of scared about, about it, but my student, he was like, maybe we should stop and see if he's okay. I said, I'm not stopping. He was inconsistent that we, he was insistent that we should stop. And I finally said, when we get about two miles down the road, I'll pull over and I'll wait about an hour. And if you're not back, I'm leaving. He kind of hushed up then. He had this crazy sense that he needed to go to this person. I felt the opposite, that, need, that I just needed to get out of there. It was strange. I haven't told too many people, but yeah, odd. He was standing straight off into the freeway and he didn't really move. And the only way I can describe it is how he looked. He was kind of like Agent Smith of the Matrix, you know, in the suit like that. I thought maybe he was drunk at the wedding, at a wedding party and lost, but there's just nothing out there. There was no reason for anybody to be standing out there, especially in a suit. Now this, uh, this next account. I was in Lancaster, California. I'm a Vietnam veteran. I was a native for six years in Germany. Now after the military, I went to truck driving school and became a truck driver for 20 years. Now, this incident happened when I was driving a truck. It happened on May 7th, 2002, at approximately 4.30 in the morning on Interstate 8, exit 140 in Arizona. I had just picked up a load of produce in Yuma, Arizona. I left Yuma, and I had to take a whiz. So I pulled off the road and stopped at exit 140 on Interstate 8. I pulled off the exit ramp there and I had my high beams on and I noticed a figure to the left side of the exit ramp, a tall dark figure on the ramp. So I went to the right side of the exit ramp, slowed down, stopped and turned off the headlights. I could see a large humanoid figure standing there holding a carcass of some sort in its hands. It dropped the carcass on the ground, turned around and looked at me for four or five seconds and started walking over towards my truck. I immediately locked the door on my truck, made sure it was locked and was approaching the window of my truck. It stopped about two feet from the window of my truck. Its head was as high as the window of the truck. So the window's about maybe seven foot off the ground. The head of this being was slightly above the head of the window. So it had to be at least seven foot, seven two, that vicinity. So I reached up and grabbed my camera out of the storage compartment and 
turned the camera towards the window and it was just looking at me through the window. Just as I was moving the camera over, it turned on a bright light right at my face. It was so bright I couldn't look at it. So I took the camera and flashed a picture of it. The being, the creature, stepped back as if something was slightly startled for a second. Then it kind of gave me an oddball grinning expression, like at, looked at me in a couple more seconds, turned its head, and then it turned it. And when it turned its head, I got a real good look at its profile. You know, I looked at the skull and the head and it had started walking away along the left side of the truck. Now, I was, now, as it was walking away, I turned on my headlights and I got a real good look at the backside and its legs. And then I saw that was what it was walking towards. At that time, the sun was just starting to peek over the top of the mountains. There was enough light that I could see a large black object sitting in an empty parking lot next to the exit ramp. It walked up to the large black object. It just disappeared inside. I didn't see how it got inside. Then I turned on my spotlight. I could see some of the texture of the outside of this thing. It looked like the sidewall of a tomb. It was just like that. Then it started to rise off the ground, made no sound. It got up about 10 to 15 foot above the ground. And then the craft or vehicle vetted out some red stuff. I could see red stuff shooting out from the back and the sides. Then I could see it was a triangle shape. I could see underneath it, and it had three tiny marker lights on each corner of the triangle, dull red light in the middle. It accelerated away and was out of sight in about three seconds. When it had risen, it was silhouetted against the morning sun. It was making the sky bright enough to see it was a triangle-shaped vehicle. I had never seen anything like it. So what happened is I waited about five minutes when I knew the being and the vehicle were gone. I unlocked the door. I had my camera with me. I had five pictures left on the camera. I got out of the truck and walked across the street of the exit ramp to see what this being had dropped on the side of the exit ramp. And when I got there, I shined a flashlight on it. I was surprised that it was a carcass of some kind. Looking at the hooves, I could tell it was a deer. The deer head was a bit cleaned off and had discolored fur around its neck. The inside of the deer, the chest cavity was all completely removed. Its internal organs were all ripped out the back, out the back of the spine. The internal cavity was burned out. Now, he goes on to say later, um, couple months afterwards, he traveled back and forth from New York to Yuma and was up, observed similar looking deer and animal carcasses along the same exit ramp. And he photographed all. But unfortunately, this guy never sent any photographs. Now, I got this a while back. So, but if I had a photograph, I would have put it in the post. But unfortunately, he never sent anything to me. Now, Here's a weird one. I'm a truck driver, and we tend to see some of the most beautiful things this great country has to offer. However, in contrast, we see some of the most gruesome, from mangled roadkill to cars and people, equi un equally unrecognizable. 
I will never forget what I saw that night. I was driving at around 3 o'clock a.m. along Wyoming's desolate 180. That's when a thick fog rolled up on me seemingly out of nowhere and the air was almost electrified. I didn't pay much to it at, the, at that point, just slowed down and put on my four ways and just kept going. That is until I thought I saw a person staggering away from the vehicle broken down on the shoulder. I was about to stop and call 911 when I saw it, a chunk of flesh fell off its, his face. Then he turned and just stared with these bright red eyes. I was going about five miles per hour and quickly got it up to 45 miles per hour when I saw another 20 or 30 of these things walking along the interstate, all with these bright red eyes and rotten flesh. I didn't dare to stop until I got to Fort Bridger. It was then that the fog cleared and I noticed an army convoy breaking at the truck stop I was at. They then proceeded out into the direction of what a couple of other drivers, truckers told me are known as Wyoming zombie walkers, as they will walk any given stretch of highway or back road in that state looking for their next human victim. A lot of weird things are out there on these roads and any trucker will tell you, if you can stay home at night, do it, because you never know what's around the next corner or waiting beyond the reach of our lights. Now, you know, that's an interesting one because I looked into that and I found two other references to Wyoming zombie walkers. Now, I got this about about 15 years ago. So I don't know if there's anything else that has come out about that, but I, you know, if any of you knowing about or heard about it, let me know. So here's the last account. Now it's not so scary, but it's really interesting. <clears throat> Hi, I believe I'm writing to you about a ghost, though I'm not sure if the animal kingdom has an afterlife. My big brother, Gil, is a long-haul driver and regularly makes trips across the country. He'd be on the road for a couple weeks, then come home to Virginia and stop by to see our mother who lives with me and my husband. I don't know how he does it, but he's always, he's always been a loner. So last summer, Gil said that he pulled into a truck stop in Indiana to get some food and rest. He's got a nice modern sleeper berth on board. He went to get something neat, came back, and there was a male black and white cat in the cabin. He wondered how it got in there. He was about to get rid of it, but then thought it may be lost because it had a new looking collar and was well taken care of. So he went back inside and asked around. Nobody was aware of a missing cat, so he wrote up a lost cat flyer and posted it. He went back to the truck and the cat was asleep in the passenger seat. Gil had himself a hitchhiker. From the beginning, the cat seemed a bit strange. For one thing, it would disappear and not show up for many hours. Gil would look all over the cabin and burp, but there was no cat. He assumed it had just found a hiding place. Something else, the cat didn't eat anything. Gil gave it. He never saw it drink water either. 
when they'd stop somewhere, the cat would just disappear again. Gil just figured it found a way out somehow. So one morning in Arizona, Gil woke up and didn't see the cat anywhere. He waited around a bit, but he was on a schedule to make a delivery in Texas, so he had to get it on the road. He felt bad that he was leaving without the cat, but that's just the way it had to be. He pulled into the delivery location in Texas that evening. He got out of the truck to talk to the guys at the dock when he saw the cat walking around the truck. Now, after that, he called the cat Casper. He said that Casper acted like a ghost. He was getting ready to leave and head east, and Casper was asleep on the passenger seat. So a few days later, Gil came home. He stopped by the house to see her mother and to get some dinner. We all sat at the table while Gil told us about Casper. He asked me if I could watch Casper for a few days before he headed back out on the road. I said, fine. So Gil went to the back door and there sat Casper. It was like he knew he was staying there. For the three days, Casper stayed with us. He never came into the house. I'd put food and water out for him, but he left it untouched. I figured he was catching mice or birds. I'd see him stretching out on the patio occasionally, but he never came in the door. So Gil called me and said they was coming over to pick up Casper and head out onto the highway. Well, I couldn't find the cat. We all thought that Casper had found greener pastures and moved on. So Gil left without his companion. So later that week, Gil called me from California. He said that he guessed that Casper hadn't shown up yet at home. He started to laugh because Casper was with him. In fact, he hadn't seen Casper until that day. He found him asleep on the passenger seat after grabbing a bite to eat. A few hours later, Gil called to say that Casper was missing again, but he figured he'd show up sometime later. Well, that never happened. None of us have seen Casper since. So this past spring, Gil was back in Indiana truck stop where he had found Casper the previous summer. The flyer he had posted was gone from the bulletin board. He sat down to order some food, later striking up a conversation with the waiters. He told her about Casper and that he had found him at that truck stop. She gave Gil an odd look. Then she started to describe Casper to him, including a collar. She said that the cat used to belong to the owner of the truck stop. The cat's name was Paco. One day, Paco got into a fight with an unknown animal and was killed. She also said that Paco was buried in a small grove of trees behind a truck stop. So after eating, Gil walked over to the grove of trees. There was a small memorial for Paco. There are all kinds of cat toys and other things were left by the grave. Gil called me that night and told me the story. It just seems to me that Paco was a companion to a lot of truck drivers. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. So anybody got any questions? Okay, I think Bernadette's got one here. Bernadette, have you have there been reports of truckers seeing any black-eyed kids? 
I don't I don't think I've run across though I've got hundreds of trucker stories. Uh I may find one. I don't know. I I, I know there have been people who are long distance drive in driving and I run across black eyed kids. But I don't know if there's any truck drivers. So um, but I'll look up, I'll look for some for you. See if I can find one. Maybe I'll put it in the next if I do another one for truck drivers. But I got a lot of accounts. Truck drivers like to like to write in about what they've experienced on the road. Believe me. Any other questions? Wow. Come on, folks. Yeah, I know there's not a whole lot of questions that you could do for something like this, because quite frankly, the, the people telling the story, you know, it's, it's it's truck drivers and, you know, are not doing any investigations and they see something that for the most part they just don't understand. I, I will say, like I said earlier, some of the accounts that I have gotten from truck drivers over the years are pretty good accounts. Uh, a lot of Bigfoot accounts, encounters at truck stops, uh, cryptic canine accounts at truck stops. So I will promise y'all, if, if you want me to, uh, I'll go ahead and, and put together another show down later on down the road on truck driver stories and, and see if we can pick up any big ones, any real good ones. Uh, Verpine asked, do you think there's any truth to the haunting of Route 666? Probably. You know, I, I know there have been some per, pretty horrific crashes on 666. Uh, so maybe there are some pretty interesting ghost stories out there. John's Roost. John's Roost. Bigfoot alien connection. Well, I have had stories of Bigfoot alien connections. And, you know, if that's something you want me to look into and as far as writing, I can do that. Jose Sanchez, can the Black Triangle have been the TR-38 Black Manta? I guess it could be. I don't know. Doesn't sound like anything that we've got, but then again, who knows? You know, a lot of these triangle sightings are pretty interesting. And I, I th actually think some of them are, are man-made and military. Kansas Quatch, uh, only lost time or ghost ghost hitchhiker stories yeah i've got a few I'll, I'll dig them up i like i said i i've got to go through you know going through my my archive is a is a real <laughs> is a real chore sometimes james fatick any abnormal big horned owls being seen lately in northwest indiana area hmm, not that i know of but Quite honest with you, Northwest Indiana, we've had a lot of the uh, winged humanoid sightings in that area. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because Indiana is a hotspot for for avian cryptids and, and thunderbirds and pterosaurs and anything else you can think about. But we, you know, it does have a lot. But I'll look. Thomas Carroll, have you heard the story of a driver seeing a Revolutionary War soldier along I-80 near Williamsport, Pennsylvania? 
I haven't, but I tell you, you might want to ask Sean Forker because he's born and raised up there, still lives there, and he knows about everything that's happened up there. But I, I can't offhand think of one. I probably, you know, I, I've got some stories from Williamsport, so I will look and see if there, there is something. Sir Wolf, truckers and winged beings, Mothman. Uh, there have been a few truck drivers that have seen them in Chicago and outside of Chicago. Absolutely. Dave McGinnis, what phenomena are A-ports associated with? A-ports. Not exactly. I'm trying to think, what is an A-port again? Is that a flying being? Sounds to me like it's a flying being. I don't know. You had, you, had, you had to put something up there. I'm trying to think what it is. Any accounts collect for people driving on the Blue Ridge Parkway? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, there have been. That Blue Ridge Parkway, where you're talking about the Skyline Drive, I've got a few of them up there. I mean, I had to, like I said, I got to dig them up. So, you know, folks, if you, like I said, always said before, if you, if you want me to gather accounts for others for other videos and other live chats please send them to me at lawnstricklerfamsandmonsters.com and i'll see what i can do oh jose sanchez i think he meant airports oh okay i'm sorry so the question again what, what phenomena are airports associated with <laughs> well if you're talking about our hair most of you ought to know what, what i what kind of phenomena are associated with airports uh, with the winged humanoids and um, a lot of hauntings as well. And, you know, especially O'Hare and, and the airport out of Denver. I mean, they've got some weird stories that have come out of there over the years. David Giddes, objects that appear out of nowhere. Okay. I, I don't know, but there's a lot of airport stories. Like I said again, you know, send me send me what you want to hear to my to my email. Again, it's launchstricklerfamsandmonsters.com and I'll put try to put it together. I'll dig in through my in, into my archives. So uh, we'll see what I can do. Okay, folks. So thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. Um truly appreciated your support is what makes this all possible so again please like subscribe and share and if you do have an encounter report feel free to uh, send it to me at my email and uh so until we meet again stay healthy stay safe and good night